Hi, you're listening to Boggy Talk, Faith Conversations in the Mud, a resource of Church on Bayshore. Hey, welcome to Boggy Talk. Hope you're doing well. How's it going over there on that side of the table, James? Well, it is the last Boggy Talk for August. Wow, isn't is that crazy? Last... I feel like we just started August, and Day it's already August. almost September. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm... Pr- preparing as this drops to head overseas to yes. uh, do some work with our friends in South Asia and yeah, certainly uh, I'm grateful a little jealous, for that. I'm a little jealous Are of you going, but also I'm really tired, so I'm like, man, I don't want to fly that far right now. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I will see. Mo- I will catch up on some movies, <laughs> that do is some like reading. Once a year, you go, oh, these are all the movies I didn't see. And, uh, I, w- I was talking with the guys, you know, who are going, going over the schedule last week, and I'm like, so that's a lot, but actually, like our lives are way more busy than that normal. Yes. Lee, it's actually simpler being over there, it you know. But is. Yeah. yeah, we're hoping for a fruitful time, safe yes. time, mm-hmm. and um, I'll miss you on Boggy Talk next week. I don't know what Justin's plans are yet, but uh, I won't be here. Work in progress. Um, so I think people will still watch. That's not like a preacher thing. When sometimes you know, when people find out the preacher isn't going to be there, like, eh, yeah, we're going to yeah, take off yeah. that day. If he yeah. gets off, we get off. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's not that funny. we don't have great other preachers, just right. kind of a but thing. But people do that. People yeah, have always done do. that. People do. You know, the older crowd, you know. Yeah, because it's like, you're they, the pastor. And you know? Yeah, there's a sense of comfort, you know. I get it. I yeah, get it. There's familiarity, all yeah. those things. How you doing over there? Like, I am co-host. doing, woo. I'm going to call you co-host because we were told that one Boggy Hall listener assumed you were the pastor since you are the host of Boggy Hall. Oh, Talk. really? <laughs> Oh, I assumed you were the this? pastor oh, wow. of our church because you're the, the host of Boggy the Talk. Host, you know. So I have to like exert my authority here. You know? <laughs> I'm taking this. Yeah. So co-host, how are you doing? I am doing all right, co-host. <laughs> I, yeah, man, I, it is hard to believe it's the end of August because I feel like we just started August and I it's a little bit of a blur with the beginning of school and all the things happening here. Um, but, you know, slow and steady wins the race, but I don't think there's anything slow right now. I think I'm fast and to, steady. to be steady. Fast and steady fast. wins the race. Yeah, exactly. Not everybody can do that. We're running pretty fast right now. So, okay. Um, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. So part of the reason I think we're both are kind of like, eh, like tired, you know. Yeah. But there's just a lot going on because church is growing. There's needs. Yes. Um, and so today, really, we're talking about this this question of is bigger actually better? Yeah. Uh, and really, uh, we'll start off by saying we're not saying that we wish we weren't growing. We're just saying hey, there's challenges. But really, getting into the mindset of of really, I would say, Western Christianity, particularly American Christianity, that just views things that are, that are bigger as being better. Uh, and is that actually the case? And so we want to look at what you know the Bible shows us and really some of the challenges of growth and what it means. So let's dive in. Yeah, so obviously uh, it wasn't what I preached on on Sunday, but that was kind of the intro was, you know, hey, um, we typically view things as better if they're bigger, but the reality is that health is not just defined as right. uh, bigger. And, you know, and, and I would just say there, one thing that I say often is numbers uh, don't end a conversation. They start a conversation. And so uh, measurements are helpful tools, uh, mm-hmm. but they in no way reveal everything. Um, and I always like to reference this is when Tim Tebow was like at his height athletically, he and I weighed the same thing mm-hmm. and we're the Tim same height Tim. and he, he was in a lot better shape than I was. So <laughs> numbers aren't everything, yes, that's right? right? So, uh, because tr- because- Truth be told, I mean, you can be growing, an organization can be growing, a church can be growing, but for not great reasons. Yeah. Uh, You know, there's reasons that it could be growing that aren't necessarily tied to Scripture, aren't necessarily tied to mission. It could just be because they have a charismatic leader who is doing something, or because they're putting a lot of resources towards a specific ministry, but it's not actually, you know, pressing into discipleship Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. thinking Mm long-term. So Mm -hmm. there's, you know, what... 
Well, let me just interrupt you and say <laughs> that um, you're laughing because, you know, I always interrupt you. And that was the first time I right. ever politely asked ever. you for I didn't even ask you. Actually, I said, mm-hmm. let me do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I you interrupt me, too, though. So I think it's a it's mutual, okay. It's a mutual you know, thing. Right. I've, yeah. It's, I, OK. I'm like digging the hole. I'm digging the hole we're, right now. <laughs> we're mutual interrupters. It's so, OK. I was just letting you talk. Just letting so you go. like we we're tackling this issue because it's boggy and I don't think, you know, we're going to mm-hmm. get get it all cleared up. And I would just say that at least for the last century in America, but even it, it would go beyond other places. This is something where churches have really gotten in the bog mm-hmm. and pastors have gotten in the bog with one another uh, because, um, you know, healthy things grow. So, right. so desiring for growth mm-hmm. is not bad. Like, why do we want more people to attend our church? Because more people hear the gospel. Hopefully that's indicative of more people... Um, you know, growing in the word. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully it's indicative that more people are coming to know Jesus, invited their friends, whether life root numbers, children's numbers, like th- there's a good reason. If you, if you believe in heaven and hell, mm-hmm. ultimately wanting to see things growing right. um, are good. Uh, but as I said, healthy things grow, but so does cancer. Right. Mm-hmm. So the problem yes. is thinking that growth itself mm-hmm. is the answer exactly without really investigating what is growing here Mm -hmm. what is the fruit what is this what is the dna Mm -hmm. of this congregation does that make sense right and so we have to feed the healthy things and try to starve the unhealthy so that we do press into the healthy growth and i think uh you know you hit a couple of reasons that we would be a church would be growing in healthy ways evangelism discipleship people reaching out uh but let's talk really quickly about some of the tensions of that growth because with growth come some challenges uh what would you say some of those challenges are um, well, the more money you come across, the more problems you see. Yeah. So that's one. <laughs> um, and then, you know, people, I mean, I mean, so, so it's like the answer to that question is neutral and then negative as well. Like the neutral is just people, the more people in a room, the more yeah. problems there are. Yeah. If I'm here it's by myself, true. there's problems. You come in, you add more problems, more problems, you know. And it's not just addition, it's multiplication usually. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. There's the interpersonal dynamics. And then for each person, you have multiple things going on. So I would just say like, the more people you have, just the more nuanced to life is and your organization is, your church is, your family is, all that thing. Again, not negative towards growth, but that creates problems to manage. Mm-hmm. But then also I would say that um, if, if, we're, if we're beginning to say, like, grow, like we're, we're no longer desiring to see healthy things grow, we're just desiring to see growth. Mm. Uh, then we start to head out in some bad directions. Absolutely, because that's where we can, that's where the target, you know, if we move the target off of making disciples and on to growth, you know, like that, we will we will start to compromise. Yeah. You know, we'll compromise in one way or another, whether it's in, uh, you know, the watering things down to keep, because, you know, what, what you win people, there's a yeah. leadership saying what you win people with, you, you have to, to keep you, them with. You have yeah, to yeah. keep them with mm-hmm. it. So, you know, if, but if we are ultimately, if we're winning people with the gospel and the word, then that's what will keep them. So mm-hmm. if we mm-hmm. stray away from the gospel and mm-hmm. the word and we stop growing, we should, like, that's actually, <laughs> you know, a good thing. Uh, we could, because we we should be about the gospel and the word. Um, if we're abandoning that, we you know we we shouldn't grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we can also grow because of tactics. We can mm-hmm. grow because oh you know we hear about churches who mm-hmm. do this. They put n- numerical target growth, and if they don't reach it, then it's like hey we're having a board meeting, and why aren't you doing this, and why aren't we growing? Mm-hmm. And so it puts mm-hmm. this pressure mm-hmm. to perform mm-hmm. uh, when there could be a number of reasons uh, why. 
uh, even good reasons why a church isn't growing per se. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we have to be careful in all this not to let the number, whether we're growing or not, whether the number, whether the size of your church, we, those things cannot become idols because mm-hmm. the truth is is that God is can be mm-hmm. just as glorified in a smaller church as in a bigger church. In fact, possibly even more uh, mm-hmm. if that church mm-hmm. is more faithful mm-hmm. to the things that Scripture commands. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think another challenge in this is, you know, as we grow, you know, it do, it does change the dynamics of a church, and That's you do true. have to mm-hmm. really reevaluate uh, community, how people are belonging, the the discipleship. Yeah. You know, you know, you do as you grow, you. you no one knows everybody anymore. Let, let, is, go ahead, let's pause. go there in just a minute. Yeah, okay. let's pause. Let me just say a few more things about this just growing unhealthy thing, and then I do mm-hmm. want to talk maybe for a moment about just yeah. what we see as, as far as things changing with growth. So, yeah, I would say that growth, like well, two things we need to be doing as church leaders are defining growth. So we need to understand, you know, what does it really mean to grow mm-hmm. and why uh, are we growing? And... um and make sure that measures up with what Jesus is saying. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, if Jesus just said, and God just said, go see as many people come to church as possible, then we'd obey him. But he does care uh, that they are, right. they are getting the gospel, and he does care mm-hmm. that they are being made into disciples. And he gives instructions on rebuking and correction and all those things because he wants it to reflect who he is, not just um, be a mass. Right. So that is important. And then I would also just say that, like, faithfulness and fruitfulness, you know, they don't have to be against each other. Mm -hmm. And I do think that sometimes people are like, well, the faithful crowd, you know, is over here and that's why we're not growing. It's like, no, no, that's not necessarily true. Faithfulness should lead to fruitfulness. But then again, we have to define the fruit and um, all that. And then I would just add also, I think that leaders, if they understand the Bible, want to multiply growth. Right. So um, they don't just want to build... um, a kingdom. They want that that the people to spread out and reach the kingdom, and they've got to be willing to release people mm-hmm. and send people and 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 re- reproduce, whether that be in the church body or in the community. And so, I would now transition and say, I think we are seeing that happen here. Um, and why some of that is we can we can trace it to a lot of that is just a lot of people over a lot of time, a lot of different things, and great great circumstances and it's hard to manufacture that but yeah. but but we have grown and um you know things change yeah we we have grown mm-hmm. from a church of about 500 to a church of about 1200 in um five years you know six years uh so uh i don't even know that we've fully like embraced how we need to do things differently because of that Right, because there's this we we there's a lot to do. There's a lot of people, which means there's a lot of there's people who've been here who have ideas. There's people who are new who have ideas, and so our job, as we go back, as we talked about the past few weeks, like our job as pastors is to equip the saints for the work of mm-hmm. ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the desire isn't for people just to come and hear you or come and hear me or come and hear Michael or any of like the desire is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. And I believe that's how the healthiest growth. And I think you do too. That's how the healthiest growth is going to happen. So we are, we're trying to figure out what that looks like uh, and how to really press into that. Mm -hmm. Like we mentioned earlier, it does change the dynamics Mm -hmm. of a church. It means Mm -hmm. that not one person is going to know everybody and everything or be in the loop about Mm -hmm. everything, but just because you can't, Um, it means that we have to, equip the saints to multiply the ministry, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and we, you know, we have to really work towards that. I saw a great um, 
quote earlier this week, and it said, if you need a platform, you don't need a platform. Mm, <laughs> it's like if, mm, as a pastor, mm. and it was speaking specifically to pastors, if you feel like you need a platform to say what you need to say, then you probably don't need to be on that platform if you're constantly seeking the platform. Preach. So we have to be sure that we are, you know, we're not seeking a platform. We truly want to see the, the kingdom advance through the people of God doing the work of God. Mm. Uh, and that means that, you know, I guess as a church, we've kind of, we, we recognize we've got to continue forward in pressing for excellence and growth, but at the same time, not to sacrifice. Mm-hmm. There's this tension to manage yeah. that we're oh, not yeah. going to sacrifice. Oh, yeah. We're not going to turn Sunday. I mean, we should, I'll use the Sunday morning worship gathering as an example. It needs to be done well, and it needs to be done, you know, we have the talented people that are involved. It needs to be done with excellence. But at the same time, we're not going to turn that into a production every right. Sunday that detracts from the main thing, the gathering of the saints to worship Jesus. Uh, and and not that churches necessarily, by putting a lot of resources into production, aren't doing that. It's yeah. just we've decided for our context and what we what we dis- discern through yeah. you know wisdom, the collective wisdom of this church and other leaders is that's not where we need to put our efforts. That we really need to equip the saints for the right. work of ministry, mm-hmm. do things well, um, you know, and that means that you know things aren't going to be the slick as yeah. you know, some people, yeah. myself mm-hmm. included, may mm-hmm. want them to be all the time, and that's actually okay, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. There's there's a tension to, to wrestle with, and ultimately it comes back to um, the mission that God's given us and us not making what we would view ministry success mm-hmm. an idol. Yeah, you, you, you referenced one thing that I think is a great example. So, like, there is... There is... A difference, you know, as a church gets bigger, there's not the same relational connections with everybody. So if someone is a bad singer, but people love that person and know that person, um, the bad singing doesn't get in the way of worship, bad vocally, mm-hmm. get in the way of the worship as much. But if they are a bad singer and people don't know that person, which is truer the larger the church gets, the people don't know the heart. And, mm-hmm. and so you can go the wrong way and just say, well, we're just going to have super talented people who don't have the heart. Right. Um, and that is the, that's the production mm-hmm. way. But then on the, at the same time, like, you know, it's, it's distracting, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, and I don't think you have to, that's, I don't think you have to have excellent like singers. I, I think actually a lot talent can sometimes be distracting too. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of, people with talent probably in a church like ours won't get to use their skills the way they'd like to because it's not a performance. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I would say like God is not the author of confusion is a important piece of worship instructions. Mm -hmm. And so like when people say distraction free environment, that's what we mean. I know some people mean like it's a well-polished machine. We just mean like the focus needs to be on who Jesus is and Mm -hmm. people worshiping. And so it's like, it, it it's it's both. It's like there needs to be a level of quality, and then there mm-hmm. needs to be um, a level of simplicity. And and again, I think that that changes based on the relational connection. So that mm-hmm. so that be and that's not the only area. How you manage money, mm-hmm. um, the quality of your staff, and there are skills and abilities because you're dealing with more people. And none of this is like a worth thing, right. because. Absolutely. If I do have the capacity, I don't know I do, but to be the pastor of a church that runs 1,000 to 1,500, and there are other guys who just, they don't have that same leadership capacity, but they're faithful and they love Jesus and they're reaching people for Christ, like, that's how God's wired us. Like, one isn't better than the other. Like, the Mm -hmm. parable of the talents isn't about this guy had 10 or this guy had 10. It's about what they did with what God gave them. Absolutely. And so I think, like, that is something we 
we try to encourage. Um, so that would be, I think excellence is one thing. I think another thing, and maybe you could speak to this is like, um, you know, we max out relationally. And mm-hmm. so I do think like one thing our church has struggled with, um, in bringing in new people. So like, you don't want to leave the old, old people who've been here a long time. You want to yeah, bring right. them along, mm-hmm. but you also want to say, what is God doing now? Cause God mm-hmm. is doing a new thing. You know, that's a, that's a thing in scripture. What is God doing now? And who is he bringing? And I think that can be hard because sometimes the older group is just comfortable. I don't mean older in age. I mean, older in it's terms of longevity yeah. mm-hmm. here and like encouraging them, like let's multiply this beautiful DNA that you right. have, but mm-hmm. it means you may not have all the same relational connections you've had yeah. historically. And that's difficult. It's not easy. That is difficult for anybody. And I think the longer you're, you, you are anywhere that, that happens. And I think the natural, the natural for the natural gravitational pull of any organization, any group of people uh, in a church is going to be inward. And so we yeah. have to constantly, constantly force ourselves to turn outward. You're right. Uh, you know, and I think that's, that's, that's hard, you know, because we get our people, we get our right. people who know us and, you know, and we want to just stay with them. Uh, and we do have to say, you know what, like we can, in a disciple making relationship, you know, like multiply. And that, it means that like, we may not be in the same life group with the same people. Uh, but that doesn't mean we're not friends anymore. It doesn't mean we still do stuff together or hang out. It just, but it does change the nature of that relationship mm-hmm. in terms of the, the proximity for an hour and a half in a life group. But honestly, if we're doing things like we, we want to do in what we call life group and community and yeah. belonging with each other, like that one, that one hour a week that we're spending in a life group isn't everything either. Right. And so we've got to, as we are maturing, we've got to turn outward. We've got to focus outward uh, on, on other people who don't have that yet. Right. You know, you think, think back to a time you didn't belong when you walked into a room and you didn't know anybody, when you walked into a new community or moved to a new community, like we've got to keep that in mind. And, and it's just a rule. Like no yeah. matter, no, you have to really think about that and intentionally discipline yourself especially the longer you've been anywhere. Right. It's just like when you move into a house, you move into a new house, you notice right away all the things you want to change. And then you've lived there for 10 years and you actually never change some of those things, but you're just so used to them. You're like, oh yeah, not a big deal anymore. And we still need to maybe make those those repairs or those changes. And we have, it's just, it, that principle still applies to community. You know, we have to be looking outward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, a few other things I would just hit on before we roll off of this subject is I would just say, um, you know, I think the biggest challenge for a church that grows is it starts to feel different. Mm-hmm. And I think that we think we are motivated by motivated by feelings a lot less than we actually are motivated by feelings. Yeah. And so, like, there are people in our church, you know, who... Um, I mean, they really miss like how it was, you know, in the past, and um, and that's not—they're not, they're not wrong okay. for that. Yeah, but that's there, just, there are great things, yeah, yeah. And and some of those things, like how do we carry it in? But the reality is, is things change. And I would just say, like, ultimately, like we need to decide what we're going to hold on to, and we're not going to hold on to, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and we need to really make sure those are the right things. So um, that, and I think leadership needs to be sensitive to that. Um, and be, you know, willing to discuss those things. Um, I, th- I think some other things is I do think we got to begin to create new ministries uh, as we grow because, you, you, you know, you, you have more people to plug in and you want to equip the saints for the work of ministry. And so I would say when you're a smaller church, like you need to keep it as simple as possible so people are unified around the mission and let it grow from yeah. there uh, and out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the same time, still keep like you can't let that get out of hand. Because yeah. then you end up having like four different churches functioning mm-hmm. differently. Absolutely, I would say to that on that 
you know, along those lines, if you are at a small, a smaller church in size, like don't envy, <laughs> you know, and because there's times we're like, you know, it could be easier. I would just say, I, I just, I'm a firm believer in playing to your strengths. And there's actually some things that in a smaller yeah. church that work to your advantage as far as disciple making relationships and mobilizing. I even think just in terms of church communications, like it can be, it can be easier to rally your church around a cause or a specific mission because you have you, you have you can have more focused communication yeah. uh and and i would say play to that strength and like i said don't try to do things like you're a church double your size or triple your size like look where you are right and and use what god's given you and and be content in that and, you know continue to strategize and prepare for growth and lead people equip the saints for the work of ministry to reach people and to grow but play to your strengths in that. yeah i i would just say that no temptation is you know uh, overtaking you, except which is common to man. And so I think the danger in, in any church is to begin to think like our struggles are unique, you know, and we're different. And it's like, no, we are unique, but the reality is these are the common tactics of the enemy. He hasn't gotten any yeah. smarter. He might still be crafty, but we have to, God's word still stays true. We have mm-hmm. to keep leaning into God's word. So, yep. all right. It's good. Man, yeah, so, you know, I guess to answer the question... Can we come out of the bog a little bit here? That's right, man. (laughs) Maybe after a good night's sleep. Keep your eyes on Jesus. uh, That's right, and bigger doesn't necessarily mean better when it comes to all this, I guess. Or batter. Yeah, or batter. Batter, yep. Bigger (laughs) isn't better or batter. Or batter. All right, so, hey, let's talk about some questions. Can we go quick on these? Yeah, let's go quick. Okay. So, you go first. Yeah, so, uh, Justin, what's a prophet look like today? (laughs) So, you talked about this uh, two weeks ago, like, uh, the gift of prophecy... Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, you know, there's there's people who, you know, have not, this hasn't been settled fully in 2,000 years since the New Testament was written. Uh, there's Settle people, it right now. Uh, so I'm going to just pr- give you clear understanding. Uh, you have a word on for us? Do you have a I word, have a for word us for about you. prophecy? Boggy yes. Talk listeners, I have a word yes. for you. Um, there are those who say that that gift has ceased. There's those who don't, uh, who say it's a continued gift. I would say uh, I see validity in both of those views, and... No matter what, it's going to be tested against the Word of God. Yeah, uh, yeah. 100%. You are to test the prophets. Uh, you are to test it against the Word. Um, I would say if someone comes to you and says something like, I have a word for you. Um, the word of the day. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> what was that off of? That was Elmo, Sesame right? Street? Yeah, something. Just, yeah, yeah. That's okay. letter of the day, yeah. Um, but I Sunny think... Sunny days. <laughs> I have a word for you. You do have a word for me. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Sorry. No, it's just I would say you can approach that with with you can listen. You can be cautious. Uh, I would say that a lot of there is a lot of abuse of that. um, Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. test it against the word, Mm -hmm. and it will not contradict God's word um, at all. Yeah, prophecy is still a gift. I mean, in the scripture, Mm -hmm. it's just what does that look like. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's funny that we often, like, you know, have, like, this this group of, of believers who exercise something in the Bible, and we're like, it has to look that way. And it, you know, it's like, we're really limited. People be like, you don't believe in prophecy. You keep God in a box. I'm like, how come all your prophecy looks exactly the same way? Mm-hmm. Like, are you keeping God in a box, you know? And so I would just say, like, um, you know, we desire these gifts. But again, like, if, if you aren't in the Word and— your prophecy isn't tied to the word and application, then I love you, but you're not mature, right? You know, in in your use of that gift, mm-hmm. and um, 
And again, I said that Sunday, you know, false prophecy means you're false prophet. So, you know, it's not like guessing. Yeah. It's you know, not I guess think the work. word of the Lord said, I, I, yeah. I'd be very humble about yeah. that. But. I mean, I do think that there's times, and this may be even more exhortation, yeah. gift, and that, that, that God, the Holy Spirit does prompt someone to say, hey, yes. you go, yes. go speak this yes. to them, go give this word of That's encouragement, prophecy. you know, and it's like... You know, and Revelation, then, yeah, right? God, yeah, he Oracle. gives that gift, you know, and I would I say like you if, if you say the Lord told me to tell you, Ooh, I mean, you need to be, be sure careful. the Lord yeah, told you, you to, you know, and and be clear and it needs to line up with the word and you know, yeah. and I do think God can work that way. So. But yeah, we're charitable in this. Yes, and absolutely. we don't think that we will I mean, the reason things like this are debated for 2000 years, yes, is somewhat because of sin, but also because of the reality that yeah. it's not black and white on what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 100%. All right. Next question. Church planting. Church planting. Why? Why are we church planting? Why aren't we just doing a bunch of campuses? Why are yeah. we Why are we focusing on other churches? Why are we supporting churches in other areas? Why? Can, I, can I give you three quick answers? Yes. Number one uh, is the Bible. Mm-hmm. And we see that modeled in the Bible for us. Number one. So we're trying to do what they did in the Bible. Uh, number two is it is a great emphasis within Southern Baptist, uh, mm-hmm. which is our group that we cooperate with. And um, a lot of research has shown the effectiveness of church planting in reaching people with the gospel. And then number three is our church has taken more of an initiative because it's something that I said when I was being considered as a church that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that yep. This is something as a former church planter, something God's burdened me to do. Uh, do you share that vision with me? And part of the, you know, that, I was upfront about that with the search team and with the church. And so, um, you know, not... I would just say that every church has seasons where they really focus on specific priorities, think, yeah. and that's one right now. And I think we're seeing great fruit yeah. from it. Yeah. So absolutely, that's my quick answer. There's the quick answer. So I mean, that's why we've you know we give money specifically to church planting in our budget. You know, we have our cooperative program giving, and our church give. is engaged in it. Like yeah. Anchor Church, people went. Yeah, we're going to send a team to help these New York churches next. Yeah. Uh, Pillar Church, Church is, is preaching happening. here. Yeah, we have people an interest meeting. And also, uh, we I, I emailed with them today. They don't even know this. I emailed with Pillar Church and said, hey, you guys need a crew on Serve Day. We'd be happy to send a crew and help you guys do yeah, something. So yeah. we're working on that just to yeah. say, hey, we want to help churches reach people. Yeah. And God I mean, God has positioned this church. There's yeah. amazing people here who who understand, build the kingdom, You know, like, and they want to be a part of that. So it's a blessing to be yeah, able we, to Yeah, there's a church the other day. They're having financial like planning difficulties. I'm like, dude, I have several people in our church would love to sit down with your team and help because we have mm-hmm. several people who could do that. So it's, I, I think it's it's Bible, it's Baptist, and it's us right now. Oh, oh I thought you were going to give another, another B. Another B, Bible, yeah. Bible, Baptist, to... and... Boy. <laughs> Baptist boy. Boy. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Well, hey, if you've got other questions, send them our way. We'd love to answer them. So uh, we're going to close you this up with a little game. There, I got some you? questions for you. So a few weeks ago on Sunday, you made a comment uh-oh, about uh-oh. how the Bible, the purpose of Bible study was to know God to grow to become like Him to, I did. and the purpose is not Bible trivia, <laughs> not to win the Bible <laughs> category Bi- on Jeopardy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So oh, great. I thought it would be funny oh, to no. uh, give a little oh, Bible no. Bible oh, trivia. No. So these are not too difficult, I don't think. I, but also <laughs> for, I, a, for a man of your stature, if, but if you don't all, know it, you question if. <laughs> but I will say this: I am terrible at trivia. Okay. So there's no judgment here, but also. So I, I, I tell you this because I'm really setting you up. Because one, if you get all these right, you really impress people with how much of the Bible yes. trivia you know. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, if you get all of them wrong, it just shows you that you practice what you preach. <laughs> that it isn't about that the trivia. I don't know Bible trivia. It okay. isn't about the trivia. It is about knowing 
Jesus and making him known. I so, thought you were going to say that God can use the weakest <laughs> of vessels. <laughs> all right. Okay. So, all right. How many words are in the shortest verse in the Bible? Two. And what is that verse? Jesus wept. John, uh, I don't remember the reference. 1135. 1135. Way to go. Yeah. Okay. Question two. What book of the Bible does not mention God by name? Esther. Yes. Yes. Esther. That is, yes. Uh, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Right. But his presence is yeah, felt it throughout. Is, it is a beautiful story. Mm-hmm. And that's why I just believe that you don't have to mention God to have his presence. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, well, and, just kidding. Oh, man. Hope that doesn't get taken out of context. Channel. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, what is the last word in the Bible? Amen. Yeah. Revelation, yeah, Revelation. 22, 21. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so be it. Mm. Come Amen. On. All right. A little more detailed here. How many wives did King Solomon have? Uh, I can't remember if it was a thousand, like 999, including concubines, or not. So I'm gonna go with 300 wives and 700 concubines. Oh, you're you're man. I'm gonna give you three fourths credit. Okay. All right, because is 700 wives, 300. Oh, concubines. I got Dude, it. That was really up. impressive. Oh, man. I would yeah, have, I would have totally made up a yeah, number on that's, that one. That's, so. Yeah. Uh, I just details like that don't stick with me, but that's mm. that's great. You just sing. <laughs> <laughs> now, if it wasn't a song, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Solomon, <laughs> he had his seven hundred wives. I to remember that. I do know uh, how Methuselah, how old Methuselah was. He's nine hundred sixty-nine because I sang a song that then like choir. You were saying a song about in, that? in like middle school choir. Mm. We mm. had a song mm. and it was like. Methuselah mm. was the oldest man to live, <laughs> 916. I grew up in a Baptist church, right? <laughs> so if Bible trivia were to song, uh, I would be locked and loaded. Oh, my loaded. goodness. Oh my All goodness. right. Okay. So uh, in the book of Acts, uh, there's a man named Judas, and uh, Saul is at his house. Mm. What street did Judas live on? <laughs> That wasn't a street named Straight, was it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Straight, okay. Street. Street, straight Street. Straight yeah, Street. It yeah. says that Acts yeah. chapter nine, yeah, verse eleven. Street. It says, okay. "Go to the house street of Judas." Uh, yes, that's right. Yeah. When he's yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah like details. Okay. I love those details yeah. in the Bible. I was I didn't the Judas name threw me off. I'm like, yeah. His name was Judas. I can't yeah, remember that. Exactly. Okay. All right. Not to be not Judas. Not, Judas Iscariot. Yes. All right. Which two men in the Bible never died? Elijah. Hmm. And Enoch. Yeah, yep. wow. Good job, yeah, buddy. Ma'am. Way to go. Thanks. All right. You're doing great, by the yeah. way. I could do All the right. Bible category have on Jeopardy. Seven and three quarters. Yes. Or six and three quarters. All right. Okay. How tall was the giant Goliath? Wasn't he nine foot nine? Nine foot nine inches. Yeah. Man, yeah. you're doing so great. Thanks, ma'am. Okay. All right. Well, uh Don't ask last me where question. I park my car though. <laughs> or where your keys or wallet <laughs> yes, are. That's, that's me. right. I never. Yeah. Um, all right. How last question. How many days after birth was Jesus officially nameless? Mm. Was it 12? According to Luke 2, 21, 7, he was officially eight, named yeah, on could, the eighth so, day. So, yeah, did you know that that's like when like Jews considered them, they named them on the eighth day, considered yeah. them to have a soul. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. Hey, there you go. Anyway, Inside, but you, yeah. I'll give you credit because you knew the background. Yeah, All yeah right. you're good. But I should have known that. My hey, bad. you know the heart of the Bible I knew everything but Jesus. I knew everything but Jesus. That can preach. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So I just I would do terrible in Bible trivia, would you? just for the, for the record. You got some yeah. questions in the back there, too. That's, that's just... Oh, those are the actual questions. The back had the answers. Oh, so, okay, yeah, okay. There you go. Thank you, uh, Google Search, for those trivia questions. 
Well. Uh, so, um, hey, we may not know all the trivia, but we know you, and we love you, Bobby Talk. We do. So, I'll miss you guys. Yeah, so uh, yeah, we're praying for a great, successful trip uh, for the, you and the team. And, uh, yeah, I look forward to being with you next week. Thanks for listening to Boggy Talk. We are so glad you joined in the conversation. Go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss a beat.